0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If if this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. If you've been with me from the beginning, hey, y'all, you know... I have a lot of surprises for you (laughs) I'm your host Keith aka the radio show nerd and I'm going to begin a sentence and it starts like this a couple needs a room and you can fill in the blank it will be very interesting to see what you come up with (laughs) so without further ado This is Terra Radio. The two radio series highlighted tonight are The Creaking Door and The Clock. Our first radio play is entitled A Room for the Night. And it was first broadcasted on The Creaking Door June 22nd, 1964. Following that is the radio play Past or the Present. And it was first broadcasted on the clock on March 30th, 1947. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to A Room for the Night, followed by Past or the Present.
1: this world of ours, and ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the tops in Spine Chillers. (laughs) The Creaking Door. The manufacturers of State Express Three Five Filter King Cigarettes take pleasure in presenting the creaking door. Get the taste of international success. The taste that's uniquely 3-5's. Only when no expense is spared in its making can a cigarette taste so light, so smooth, so satisfying. 3 Get the taste. The taste that State Express created for you. The taste that has made 3 the king-size cigarette of international success. Get three fives, get the taste. guard those trees with their branches bending against the wind and the rain as a scene filled with dramatic grandeur. Oh,
2: John, you're not writing one of your books now. I'm, I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm hungry.
1: What a way to treat one's wife. I'm sorry, my sweet. The curse red looks so attractive on the map.
2: I'm frightened. We could get into a skid or something and go hurtling down that
1: cliff. All right. The next place we come to, we'll see if there's an hotel or something where we can stay tonight.
2: Oh, maybe, John. I don't feel like driving another 40-odd miles in this weather.
1: Frankly, neither do I. Well, if you can find somewhere to stay, we'll telephone Jack and tell him to expect us sometime tomorrow. Yeah, it's difficult to see through the windscreen, mm. but I think we're coming to some sort of habitation. Mm. Let's have there's an hotel or something. Oh, look, there's a petrol pump. We'll inquire there. Hmm, looks like some sort of general
2: store.
1: Look further along, darling. There seems to be a cluster of buildings. Well, let's hope somebody can put us up. There's no need to get out of the car,
2: darling. Just stand the hooter.
1: No point in the both of you then, wet. The place looks deserted.
2: somebody's there? Oh, there's someone now. <laughs>
1: he's dressed as though he's got a man or lifeboat. I can't blame him in this weather. Yes, sir. Oh, fill her up, please.
3: Yeah. I've been pretty loyal today. Reckon this has gone all night. Going much farther, mister? We're making for Bridgeport. What's the road like? very bad until you get a Haley. That'd be about 25 miles from here. You be wanting anything else?
1: Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, I think that's right.
3: Ah, That'd be just right. Thank you.
1: I say, my wife and I are not keen to drive all that distance in this weather. Is there any accommodation in the village?
3: Village? You'd hardly call this place a village. Ain't no hotel or anything, oh. just Muggeridge Arms, and uh, that's a pub. Oh,
2: well, i have five years, hotel.
3: Until you get to Coomley, uh,
1: 19 mile away. Oh, no. Well, isn't there anywhere at all? Surely this is a holiday resort in the summer?
3: Not really. Some folks come fishing and the like. Well, there's cliff edge. That'd be that be let British like, but you, you wouldn't want to stay
1: there. Oh, why? Well, I'm, I'm sorry to keep you out in the rain, but
3: <laughs> don't worry about me. This Southwester keeps me dry. And I put you up myself, but we ain't got You
1: no say more. there's a place called Cliff Edge?
3: Oh, I take the sort of place I'd like to stay at. Not after what happened.
2: What did happen?
3: They found her, they did. Found her body on the rocks. They say she jumped out of a window.
1: Who owns this furnished house? Oh, no,
3: Joshua Mugridge. He's on his small holding, he does. You see it is you drive along the road, called Mogridge Farm, it be. It's just a turn at the bend. You want to be careful at that bend in the road, only a few yards from the cliff edge. 200
1: foot drop it be. Oh, thank you, we'll be careful.
3: Well now, mister, it ain't none of my business, but uh, I drive on to Coomleaf, for you. No good keeping your spirits now, is it?
1: I suppose not. Well, thank you, good night.
3: Good night to you both. Good night. Hope you get fixed up all right.
1: Quite a character. If I put him in one of my books, I'd be accused of overwriting.
2: What did he mean when he said, no good
1: Oh, you know what these country folk in the mode areas are like. I doubt if they've seen strangers changes from one month to another.
2: Darling, you're going to... I hardly see a thing.
1: There's a sign saying, dangerous then. Careful, darling. I will be careful. you think we left our warm beds? Oh, there we are, darling. Look, Margaret's Farm, it says. We'll be in front of a nice roaring fire in no (laughs) time. You stay here, dear. There's no point in us both getting wet.
2: Oh, somebody's heard the cow. I saw Shadow go across the line. Good. Hello, Mrs. Downs. for it. Rupert doesn't like
1: vengeance. How many people say you'd better speak to your business? Well, they told him at the petrol pump that you might be able to give us accommodation for the night. Accommodation? Here? He said something about a furnished house called Cliff Edge. You've got someone with you in the car. Oh yes, a young lady. Excuse me, most inhospitable. It's difficult to see in this rain. You stay where you are and I'll get an umbrella. Up a oh Well, I suppose our troubles are over.
2: Perhaps you ought to drive on to me. Women, will, will I ever understand them?
1: Here am I trying to get us food, warmth and shelter because you have complained of the cold, hunger and rain, and
2: now you've changed your mind. I... I can't stop thinking of that man as a petrol pump. He certainly had an odd expression on his face when he talked about this cliff edge or whatever it's called. And, and what did he mean when he said. Here we are. You
1: don't mind, Rufus. Now that his inspection is satisfactory, he'll go back to his kennel. He, he likes these storms no more than we do. Let me help you out, madam. Thank you. I'll come back for you, sir. Uh, Through here My parlor, I suppose you'd call it If you'd both kindly be seated, I'll get you a little sustenance
2: Thank goodness I thought I was never going to get out of that car It's been raining consistently ever since we started out
1: Mind you, it's the time of year for rainstorms I'm afraid I've very little to offer you. Cup of tea, glass of wine. Oh, well,
2: it's not imposing on you. I simply love a cuppa.
1: Then tea it shall be. But what about you, Mr. Neville, Don Neville. And this uh, is my wife, Sally. Your and I think That's right. Joshua Moggridge. welcome to my humble home. As you can see, there's very little here. Uh, this shack and my few acres of vegetables. Different from the old days when my wife was alive. I'll go and get your tea. Oh,
2: Mr. Noggett, is that the kitchen over there? Couldn't I make the tea?
1: Oh, it's very kind of you, but uh, there's no electricity in these parts. Do you know how to use one of those new-fangled gas cookers?
2: Indeed I do. Oh, no, no, don't bother to get out. I'm sure I'll find everything, and you two can discuss terms.
1: Charming young woman, Mr. You've Been married long. Six years. Children. Unhappily, not No. Well, you're both still young. So you want to stay the night at Cliff Edge? Mind you, when the storm clears as it will, and the dawn breaks, and the sun seems to come out of the sea, there's no more beautiful spot in the world than Cliff Edge. So you're willing for us to stay the night? At whatever your terms are, of course. I couldn't very well say no, the weather being what it is. is. You don't seem very keen, Mr. Margridge. Well, I shouldn't worry unduly if the streets are... Oh, it isn't that... You'll find plenty of clean sheets and blankets in the cupboards. It's just that... Well, Mr. Neville, although it's my house, there's some malignant influence occupying... It. Oh, come now. Look, if you don't want us to rent your house, we'll I then... do, I do, but... I think I ought to warn you. That...
2: Who's warning who about what? Now, you go on making
1: the tea. There's a good girl. Well, I've got everything
2: ready. I'm just waiting for the water to boil.
1: I was about to tell your husband, Mrs. Neville.
2: Yes?
1: It's almost three years to the day. My wife, Jessica, she hadn't been well and insisted on sleeping in the guest room rather than I catch her cold. Ever since we moved into Cliff Edge, we'd heard strange noises, for which there was no reasonable explanation. I'll never forgive myself for allowing Jessica to sleep in the guest room. I woke up in the middle of the night. You may not believe it, but I was awakened... By a cold, icy hand touching my forehead. I suppose you both regard me as just a superstitious old man, but when I summoned assistance and we got to my wife, she'd hurled herself from the bedroom French window to the rocks below. I tell you, when I got to my wife, her dear, dead face was staring up at the moon. The horror, the expression of terror. Something had so frightened. <laughs> Sorry. Foolish coroner, because my wife was given to nightmares, they brought in a verdict of death by Mrs. adventure Said she did it in her sleep.
2: Oh, oh good. There's the kettle the, the boiling up. I'll make the tea.
1: I'd rather you hadn't told that story. My wife is highly susceptible to suggestion when it comes to ghosts and things. And you, sir? I'm a writer. Good heavens, forgive me, John Neville, of course. Didn't you write The Temple of Reason? Yes, I did. I've read quite a few of your books. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Thank you. I wonder what Sally's doing with that tea. I think... You
2: think what, my darling?
1: I'll leave it unsaid now that you've been a good girl and brought the tea. Here, here, let me take it from you, Mrs. Neville. Thank you. I was just telling your husband how much I admire his books.
2: So do I. Milk and sugar, Mr. i uh,
1: Just one lunch, thank you, and milk.
2: He is a good writer, isn't he? Mind you, we shouldn't tell him that. He gets so conceited, do not you, darling?
1: <laughs> i no chance of you around, you little monster. Yes, <laughs> a tea. Uh, thank you. Ah, nectar of the gods. I think you'd better move on from here and not stay at Cliff Edge. Oh, dear.
2: Not that I was beginning to feel snugly warm. Why do you say that, Mr. Margaret?
1: My wife was not the only one who fled from some malignant force to her death. Express get the taste of international success. The taste that's uniquely three fives. Only when no expense is spared in its making can a cigarette taste so light, so smooth, so satisfying. Three fives get the taste. The taste that State Express created for you. The taste that has made three fives. The king-size cigarette of international success. Get three fives. Get the taste. Unhappily, yes. Until the night of my wife's death, I too scorned what I used to regard as the superstitious nonsense of the uneducated. Yet nothing would have persuaded me to spend another night under that roof. I moved out of Cliff Edge and bought this small holding. As you see, I'm a man of modest means. Like yourself, a stranger inquired as to the possibility of obtaining accommodation in the district. I allowed a not unnatural sense of greed to get the better of my instincts. He rented Cliff Edge for a fortnight. After he'd been there three days, some children playing among the rocks found his main body. He'd obviously fallen from the same window. He, too, had a look of horror. Awful. Oh. Now, my dear, you understand my reluctance to offer you the shelter of Cliff Edge. What sort of shelter can it be that causes human beings to leap to their death? In your book, Mr. Neville, The Temple of Reason, your hero was a man who exposed a fake religious organization. But had you been through what I have experienced... I've just noticed it. the rain has ceased. Then you're not required to stay at Cliff Edge. Oh, we'd like to very much. The roads will be in a shocking condition after all this rain. If you could tell us where we could buy some food... Oh, there are cooking facilities, I assume... Of course.
2: Oh, darling, don't think me acting like a silly schoolgirl, but I think I'd be too afraid of
1: oh, oh, nonsense. I'll be there to protect you. Take my advice. However bad the condition of the road, it would be preferable to staying at Cliff Edge. Well, let me be honest with you. Were the roads tarmac all the way to my brother's house, were the sun shining and my wife and I had not driven so many miles, I would still
2: relish the thought of staying at Cliff Edge. Oh, darling, don't be silly. It's the water in it, Mr. Margaret.
1: I think I understand your husband's attitude very well indeed. Shall we go? Uh, will there be room for me in your car? Plenty. Mm-hmm. Cliffhead.
2: I wish you'd change your mind,
1: John. Now, darling, you said yourself you didn't want to act like a silly school girl. Aren't you guys? Uh, the rain has stopped. Everything's still a bit
2: so dark and bleak
1: and That's <laughs> Because there's still heavy clouds about and the evening shadows are beginning to fall. Mm-hmm. Things will look much more cheerful when they've got a fire going and the lights are on. There's so much rust on the lock. It's difficult to open. <laughs> ah, that's got it. There you are. Oh,
2: thank you. And thank
1: you for letting us have the bacon and the eggs and the milk. You'll find tea and sugar in the canisters. Oh, dash it. I forgot to phone Jack. Oh, there's no telephone here, I'm afraid. The nearest telephone is at the Mogridge Arms, about two miles on the road. My family owned all this land at one time. There's a rather reckless grandfather who more or less impoverished us all with his gambling. I know what I will do, Mm dear. As soon as you're snugly in bed, I'll go over to the arms, telephone Jack, and... Fraternize of the locals. Ever the writer, eh, Mr. Neville? Yes, Mr. Modridge. A really professional writer never ceases to be anything else. Everything he sees and hears and does is stored away in his subconscious for future use. Oh, there he goes
2: again, Mr. Modridge, being all literary.
1: If you don't mind, I'll leave you on the doorstep. I took a vow after my wife's death that I would never set foot in this place again, and I never will. Perfectly understandable. Well, I'll call in and see you tomorrow morning to settle up for. Would you rather No, no. Tomorrow morning will do. You're still determined. I can't dissuade you. Good night, Mr. Margaret. Good night to you. Oh,
2: it's so musty in here.
1: Well, of course it is. It's been shut up for so long. It's warm enough for open the windows, so let's let some sanity and air into the place. Come on, love. In we go. Marvel, my love. You take a prosaic dish like bacon, sausages, and eggs, and you transform it into an
2: Epicurean's delight. <laughs> oh, I've eaten enough to burst.
1: You uh still worry, darling? Oh,
2: I must say that now that the rain has stopped and the moon is out and we've got really that musty feeling around the place, I'm I'm feeling a little different.
1: But still a little apprehensive.
2: John, you may be scornful, but the fact remains that two people leapt to their death from this house.
1: You feel safe and secure down here. You don't have a feeling that there are phantoms, poltergeists, malignant forces.
2: Now, stop teasing me. It was all so dark before. And that old man... A
1: very interesting character, Mr. Moggridge. Once he heard that I was the author of the Temple of Reason, that I scoffed at the supernatural, he was pretending to dissuade me to frighten us off. But in his eyes, there was a challenge.
2: And you accepted the challenge.
1: Yes, my love, I did. Are you sorry? Now that the lamps are lit and we're sitting in this cozy room with the fire shining brightly.
2: (laughs) You're right, darling, as usual. I really couldn't face the rest of that drive.
1: Good, we've allayed your fears. There's only one more enemy to defeat.
2: Stop writing a script.
1: I'm trying to put at rest the mind of the woman I love. Come on, darling. Let's go and have a look at the bedroom.
2: All right. Which one?
1: The main bedroom. The bedroom we're going to occupy. The one facing the sea. Come on. Oh, it's quite light now that the clouds have disappeared. Oh, there's sure to be a lamp in the bedroom. Oh,
2: Let's sleep in the guest room.
1: No, my sweet. We will sleep with the window open and snore to the roar of the sea.
2: <laughs> Fool.
1: I think this is it. Oh, charming.
2: I like the lamp.
1: Oh, yes, the master, eh? Oh,
2: what a lovely color scheme.
1: Look at it. Does this suggest something evil?
2: No. She must have had very good taste, Mrs. Moggidge. The way the color of the curtains blend with the carpet and the bedside. Oh, I suppose that's where they keep the sheets and then... Look,
1: a portable transistor. Music to soothe the Savage Ghost. Oh, oh, I've got an idea. While you're fletting out the sheets and things, I'll go up the road, telephone Jack, and drink with a letter. John. Now, don't tell me you're still being influenced by that funny old man.
2: No, no, All right, darling, I'll get it in ship shape,
1: but don't be lonely. Promise. I promise.
2: How about
1: You have been listening to The Benny Morris Show. And now here is a
4: summary of the programs you can hear. oh! oh Chief. I wonder
2: the blankets Doc?
1: your wife. It was only <laughs> a joke. I was only playing it I wasn't going to do any harm. i careful,
2: Mac. I get
1: so uh, Yes, dear. He'd have tried to paralyze you with fear and then chloroform you. Oh, no.
2: Keep oh. still. You'll
1: have break your arm. And then he'd have thrown your body through that window and the sea would have washed all traces of chloroform away. You don't oh. understand. I only wanted to frighten you. You don't understand.
2: You don't understand. Stop him. <laughs>
1: sergeant there's the cotton wool he served in chloroform of course he was as mad as a march hare. i don't suppose he would have got away with the other two murders were he not a moggeridge and they gave him the benefit of the doubt perhaps it's just as well he died the same way as the others we might have been able to charge him with attempted assault but we couldn't have proved he killed his wife or the man who took the house over but he didn't mean to tackle both of you sir did he no i sit in a trap sergeant I told my wife in front of him that I would be going to the Marguerite Arms to telephone my brother. I knew that he'd be watching this house, waiting for me to leave. All I did was to walk down the road, nip behind a hedge, and came back into the house through the kitchen door. From then on, I watched every move. I'm sorry I let you get such a fright, darling. Well, sir, I'll get back to Coolby. I never was satisfied with the verdict of the inquest on Mrs. Margridge or Mr. Burns, What about you two? Would you stay here the night? Well, not, not us, Sergeant. We'll drive to Kuma, too. I wouldn't stay a night under this roof for all the tea in china. Dad. Why, I should think that would be my driver.
5: Honey? No one here.
2: What's
1: I... that? Seagulls. At least I think that's what it is. Well, let's go before I go off my rocket, too. It's by State Express. Get the taste of international success. The taste that's uniquely Three Fives. Only when no expense is spared in its making can a cigarette taste so right, so smooth, so satisfying. Three Fives. Get the taste. The taste that State Express created for you. The taste that has made Three Fives. The king-size cigarette of international success. Get three fives, get the taste. Manufacturers of State Express 3 Filter King Cigarettes invite you to listen next Saturday at 9 o'clock when they will again present The, the Creaking Door. Door.
4: Promise and fulfillment, birth and death. The whole drama of life is written in the sands of time. We present a new series of
5: radio programs, The Clock.
4: like ghost stories? Do you like to feel the blood run down your spinal column like the mercury on a thermometer that's been plunged into ice-cold water? Throughout the ages, people have enjoyed listening to tales of the supernatural, although few believe the supernatural exists. I was one of those cynics myself until I heard about Kay and Larry Cowling. Now, I'm not so sure. The subject of time has a great deal to do with our preoccupation with ghosts. On one side of the fence, we have the realists. You live your own life on Earth, and you don't return. On the other side, we have the romantics, the people who feel that the past is part of the present. The scoffers make fun of them, They demand proof when a ghost appears, and so far, no one has been able to produce a genuine set of, shall we say, supernatural fingerprints. But tonight, we'll leave the realists with their fingerprints and their hard-cold facts, and lend them ear to a pair of likable young romantics. The story of Kay and Larry Cowan can undoubtedly be explained logically. But That depends, of course, on whether you have a logical turn of mind.
5: Sleepy, darling?
4: No, just relax.
5: <laughs> too many cocktails before dinner, I guess. Where are we now? No, not too far from New York.
6: I don't think we ought to drive very late tonight, Larry, especially after those drinks and that big dinner. You're liable to doze off at the wheel. i being
5: very careful. I'd have stayed in New York if we could have gotten a hotel room. And we'll find some kind of a tourist place along the road.
6: It's awfully woodsy around here, isn't
5: it? Yeah, this whole section is pretty famous in the history books. Revolutionary War stuff.
6: According to the guidebooks, George Washington must have gotten around an awful lot. <laughs> he seems to have slept in every house around here.
5: Yeah, the tourist places use that gag to come on for gullible Middle Westerners like us.
6: Wasn't
5: New York wonderful? Oh, boy. I
6: wish we weren't going home so
5: soon. Oh, well, we can come back sometime. Honeymoon can't last forever, sugar. Papa's got to go back and make a little dough. Oh, it's too bad
6: we couldn't stay any longer, though. Dying to buy a few
5: antiques. Oh, listen, half that stuff is phony. You get hold of a rocking chair, kick it around till it looks like it's been for a war, then up the price until your Alexander Hamilton uses it.
6: Oh, you and your hard-headed realism. He's no no real man. Not at all. Well, oh, it wouldn't go that far. Okay. <laughs> now, what's you driving? Okay.
5: What's that, babe? It's been threatening for half an hour.
6: Now we'll have to find a place for the night.
5: Uh-oh, here she comes. I'll close that window, honey. Oh goodness, it's a cold Well, it won't drown, but I can't guarantee the car. We should have kept on the main my way. This road would turn into a mud hole in about five minutes.
6: Are you sure you know where we are, darling?
5: New Jersey, somewhere. I'll oh, we'll stop at the first house and check our directions.
6: Larry, look out!
5: Phew. That was a close one. Oh, no, I don't know whether we can get out or not. No, I don't think so. Well... Oh we stuck, Kate. Here? Oh, darling, I didn't pick this vial. I will we'll try again. <laughs> no, it's no use. They are stuck fast.
7: <sighs>
5: now what? Uh, oh, we stay here until the rain stops. And it's getting so dark, Larry. Would you
6: prefer to walk? In this rain. Shining
5: through the woods. That looks like a house light. It doesn't seem bright enough for that. Oh well, we may as well take a chance. Come on, honey, we'll make a run for it. Ready? Uh Uh-huh. Let's go. Crazy. We get yeah. under this tree, okay? Mail it up in a minute or so. We we'll try to cross that clearing, you'll we'll get soaked.
6: Right. Did you see the house again when that lightning
5: flashed? Yeah, those shutters and white shingles.
6: There's some kind of a burning over the door. Ah,
5: uh, it's like candlelight from here.
6: This seems so quiet.
5: Oh, there must be someone there if the lights are on.
6: We can't stand here all night, darling. The rain's getting at us, even through the trees.
5: Here, pull your coat over your head.
6: Oh, Larry, my head has come off. Oh,
5: where is it? I can't see it. Wait a minute.
6: Oh, never mind. The hat's ruined anyhow.
5: Come on, let's make a dash for that porch. Come on. Huh. Here we are. What's that sign say over the door there, Kay? Ye olde Sunnyside Inn. Huh. Sunnyside is right. <laughs> But well, it must be a hotel,
6: Larry. Is that a break? Well, I
5: hope they got a room for us. Where's the doorbell? Well,
6: there isn't any. Oh, here's a knocker over here.
5: Oh, I can see it's going to be one of those quaint little joints. Larry? What?
6: Look over there.
5: Why, they're horses. With saddles on them. They
6: are hitched to those posts.
5: I've never seen saddles like that before. Oh, good evening. What
7: do you want? Well, our, our room, if you have one. We're not taking strangers in tonight. You run a hotel, don't you? Find another spot to tether your horses. Tonight the place is closed. Bring him in, Bess. No fit night for a dog. But Sadou is a sea woman. Come in. Well,
5: thanks. Go in and tend your guests. Their throats are parched and they're calling for you. All right,
7: all right.
5: Where are you from, Silla? Uh La Porte. La Porte? In France? No, uh, Indiana. Indiana? What in the name of Satan is Indiana?
6: Why, it you don't know where Indiana is?
5: <laughs> Say, what kind of a gag is this? A gag? Yeah. What's the idea of that get up? You speak the king's English, and yet your language is foreign. So is your dress. Well, no matter. You're here for the night. Set yourself at that table, and I'll see you about your lodgings. Larry, isn't he queer? <laughs> you got a load of that outfit? Me purchasing and a wig.
6: And the old lady, she was wearing a
5: costume. Oh, he'd certainly do it up brown in here. What do you mean? Well, this atmosphere, it's, it's just like a masquerade.
6: You think they're just putting on an act? <laughs>
5: well, of course, Kate. I'll bet the tourists eat it up.
6: But why was she so rude to us? They didn't sound as if they were very anxious to have guests.
5: All part of the background. I think it was kind of cute if we weren't so wet. Larry? Yeah?
6: Look at this room.
5: Hmm. Well, what about it? Just a bunch of antiques. But...
6: Antiques takes new. So what? And look at the candles along the walls. They don't have electric lights either.
5: Oh, part of routine, that's all. I'm not so sure. You're not so sure of what?
6: There's something about this place. It's
5: me. Oh, now, look, don't be silly, honey.
6: Well, look at the guns leaning against the fireplace.
5: Old-fashioned oh, muskets. Decorations, probably.
6: If they're decorations, why aren't they hanging on the wall? Why are they so shiny and new? Judge me. Oh, Larry, let's get out of here. No, honey,
5: it's raining cats and dogs. As long as we've got a place to stay, let's keep it may not be able to find
7: another, and that car won't budge. The old
5: woman's coming back again, Larry.
7: I've brought you two tankards of ale. It'll warm your bones a bit. Ale? Well, sounds okay. I'd rather have a martini, but ale will do... Martini? Dry. Is this martini, fish, or fowl? Uh, A martini
5: is a drink, lady. Well, thanks for the ale.
7: (sighs) Boy, this stuff is good. The Huskin House is noted for its brew. <coughs> oh, oh, it's awful strong. Oh, who
6: knocks? Oh, well. Your Excellency.
7: Has he arrived? Not yet, Your Excellency. Mary, he's dressed like the others. Pray be seated, Your Excellency. I'll tell my husband you're here. Who are these two? Travelers, Your Excellency. We gave them shelter from the rain. I told you to take in no guests. It was husking. Never mind. Tell to prepare my quarters. In all
5: haste, Your Excellency. Uh, a pretty rough night, isn't it? I don't know, room. Oh, my name's Cowling. Uh, this is my wife.
6: Uh, how do you do? Good
5: Good evening. And uh, your name? You don't know who I am? I don't believe we've ever met. (laughs) Met? (laughs) Oh, really?
6: What's he laughing
5: at? I don't know. But the man is rather rude. What was that you said? You heard me. Larry,
6: please don't start anything.
5: Yes. Tell your husband to hold his tongue. If it displeases me, I may have to cut it off. Why, well, I'll kick your teeth What am I supposed to do? Stand for his leg? He's got a pistol in his hand. Well, hey. <laughs> you need pale. I'm not wasting this bullet on such as you. I'm saving it for a friend.
6: I've never seen a pistol like that before.
5: It looks like a museum piece. You're not you're as stupid as your countenance. Keep them to yourself. Or uh, this museum piece may make some conversation of its own.
4: Your Excellency, your quarters
5: are ready. Good. And to be called one hour before the dawn. Do you understand?
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
5: Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. What kind of a joint is this, Henry?
6: Larry, I'm afraid. But what?
5: These clowns are getting a little tired of the act. That's all.
6: But, Larry, maybe they're not putting on an act. What? Well, suppose... Suppose they're insane.
5: What? The, the whole silly lot of them? So
6: why do they call the tall one your excellency? And the way they bow and scrape and talk. Larry, this isn't a musical comedy. There's something wrong.
5: Well, you, you don't think we've accidentally stumbled into a nut house, do you?
6: Whatever it is, Larry, I don't like it and I want to leave.
5: Where's your handbag? Over here. Come on, let's get out. Hey, I can't open the door. The heavy load on it. Wait a minute. Maybe I can try it loose with... Stand that. where you are, sir. Well, Larry, he's pointing a shotgun. Hey, what's the idea? Are you trying to leave? Well, uh, we uh, we thought if... Well, we'd see if we could get our car out of the ditch. Car? Oh,
6: automobile.
5: Your language is the devil's own. And so are your garments. Stand away from the door. Stand back, I say. Larry. All right, honey. Take it easy. What's the idea of the artillery, uh, this a hold up. You're staying for the night. No one leaves here until the dawn.
1: Don't show your back again, Sarah, Unless you'd like both barrels
5: between your shoulder blades.
6: Your
7: ale,
5: sir. Good. We'll drink to his
6: excellency. I don't think I want any more ale. It's much too strong for me.
5: We'll drink to his excellency. Do I make myself clear? Better humour him along, honey wait for an opening. To his excellency. Uh, to his excellency. Oh, oh, boy, this stuff is dynamite. A toast now to Tom, a wise president and a just one. Tom? President of what? Our country, you fool. Oh, but
6: his name isn't Tom?
5: Is your woman being disrespectful, sir? Oh, but I, I... Wait, 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 wait. All right, Mr. Hoskins, uh, we'll make a toast. To the President of the United States, the Right Honorable Thomas Jefferson. But, Larry,
6: Jefferson was president in 1804. <laughs>
4: 50 years and more is a long, long time. And since the year of our Lord, 1804, many men have gone to their just reward. How many of these have returned, even for a short space of time, is a question that might be answered by the romantics. And only a realist will insist that none have returned at all. Your room is here.
7: You will remain inside for the night. When the sun rises, you will be permitted to leave. Are you keeping us prisoner here? It were best for you, young man, to mind your tongue and shut your eyes until you leave. The affairs of this house tonight do not concern you. Larry, don't argue with her. Remember, Hoskins will use his musket if you so much as raise your voice. And when the dawn appears, keep well within this room. Your lives may depend on it. Good evening to you, Sleep
6: well. She's
5: locking it in, Larry. Yeah. Let's see where the window leads to. No, too much of a drop. we we'll would be taking a chance. We tried to climb down. what do we do, Larry? I don't know what those screwballs are up to, but maybe I can think of a way to get out of here before morning.
6: You know, I'm beginning to change my mind. About what? I'm not so sure they are crazy.
5: You're not? Oh, They'll had a stronger effect on you than I thought.
6: The things they say are odd, but there's one way they might make sense. Oh, how? If those people were living in
5: colonial times. But they're not. They're living now. This is the 20th century. I'll bet my last five bucks we've just met a bunch of refugees from a padded cell. Say, what did you mean if they were living in colonial times?
6: I don't know what I meant. I'm so confused, I can't
5: think straight. Well, why don't you try to get some rest, honey?
6: What are you going to
5: do? Well, figure a way out of here. Maybe we better not try. Well, they don't worry me. Oh, it isn't that.
6: No? Oh, somehow, I want to find out what she meant. When she told us to keep down well inside the room at dawn. So what's got into you? Larry, I have a feeling we're living something that we'll never be able to explain to anyone.
5: Well, I only wish you'd explain it to me. Oh, you don't mean that. No, I wouldn't. Come on, why is it? Kate? Okay, tell me.
6: Do you believe in the supernatural?
5: Well, you mean ghosts and things like that? Oh, not
6: exactly. Well, then what? Oh, these people, Larry, they... They exist? Well, I mean, we see them, we talk to them, and yet... I don't think they're alive.
5: Oh, hey, now, take it easy. You need some rest, honey.
6: I knew you wouldn't understand. Why should you? I don't understand myself.
5: They're nuts, that's what they are. They're crackpots, and when we get out of here, I'm making a full report to the local cops. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, come on, lie down over here, baby.
6: Aren't you going to try to get some sleep yourself?
5: No, I... I've got some heavy thinking to do. Between now and morning... I didn't think of this before. I'm going to tear these sheets into strips to make a rope. I'll lower you from the window first, then follow you. Well, suppose I see us, Larry. I will have to take a chance.
6: The dawn's coming up. It stopped raining. Yeah. The trees look so unreal. It's, it's like a dream, Larry. The whole thing was like a dream. it's
5: time we woke up. Okay, Debbie, come over here to the window. Are you scared? Just a little. You'll be all right. Here, help me with... Ah. A rotten break. Oh, what's the matter? Look at that clearing down there. Larry? Yeah, six of them. They'd start us in a minute if we tried to get out.
6: What are they doing?
5: Looks like they're holding some kind of a meeting. Oh, wait. Hey. Larry, it's a Jew. Holy smoke. Those men over there are doctors. Look at the instruments on the table. The two in the middle must be seconds. The guy in the white shirts with the pistols. One of them is the man we met downstairs, the
6: one they call Excellency. Yeah.
5: Where have I seen the other one before?
6: I've seen him too, Larry. Or at least I've seen his picture.
5: They're back to back now. Now I know why they let us in here and kept us prisoners.
6: They kill each other, Larry.
5: Steady, Kate. Steady, Ladies, gentlemen. One, two, hmm? three, four. Larry! Two. The one on the right just shot into the sky. He did it deliberately, Kate. The other one. Well, look at him. Well, look at the coward. He's taking aim, Kate. He's. Why. Quite... <laughs>
4: Well, I hope you're enjoying our excursion into the supernatural. But I'm afraid Larry and Kay aren't. Somebody's coming
5: in. I'm going to take a sock at him. It's the only chance. Larry, no, no, don't get killed if you do. It. Easy now. You saw the dude? Duel? Ah, uh, don't make me laugh. That was murder. You're
7: wanted downstairs in the tap room. Come with me. And mind you, don't try any
5: tricks. I'm going to watch for an opening, okay? When it comes, get ready to run. He's
7: carrying someone in. That's
5: yes, the guy who was shot.
7: Well, look at his shirt front,
6: Larry.
5: It's covered with blood. He hasn't got a chance. He'll be dead inside of an hour. Put him in the corner room. The surgeon will pull for the bullet. Here are the strangers, sir. I'll take care of them. You stay with him. Well... <laughs> You witness the duel? Oh, yes, uh, we witness the duel. Come into the tap room. Huh? Where's the hero? Where's his excellency? He did a very fancy job. Be quiet. He's got a wonderful sense of fair play. What do they call him besides your excellency? The butcher? I said be quiet. I won't be quiet. This man is a murderer. He ought to be jailed. Were you referring to me? You're suit and I was referring to you. Your opponent deliberately fired into the air, and then you killed him in cold blood. Your language is offensive, sir. Well, that's too bad. I demand an immediate apology. Why would you like a punch in the jaw instead? Larry, please. I see you still don't know who I am. You young fool. He's one of the best shots in the country. I've just got rid of a major nuisance in my life. Now I shall be forced to wipe out a minor one. You will give me satisfaction on the green tomorrow, son. No. And meanwhile, you'll take my glove in your face. (laughs) I work without gloves, brother. Why, (laughs) Casey? Thanks for your hospitality. Come on, Kay, let's get out of here fast. turn, officer. About half a mile down.
6: We'll reach our car in just
5: a minute. That story of yours isn't straight, mister. You're spending a night in the cooler. Should I tell you, it happened just as I described it to you. They were
6: all dressed in those funny clothes, and we saw the
5: dude. Yeah, and one of them was killed. No question about it. He was hitting the heart. He didn't have a chance. Well,
6: Larry, there's the car. You see,
5: officer? Steve's still stuck in the road. Where's the house? On the left, about 300 yards up behind the tree.
7: Was well, it on the right,
5: Larry? No, 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 on the left. Will you make up your mind? Oh, look, it was this way. Come with me. You know, I thought I knew every inch of this country. What kind of a house was it? Well, colonial. Looked brand new. It's just being freshly painted. Well,
6: there was a porch and a garden in the back.
5: What's them branches? They're sharp. Well, that's funny. It wasn't as wild as this last night.
6: We didn't have to go through all this underbrush to reach the house. There was a path here.
5: Yeah, and it was clear behind those trees. you sure they're going right. Well, maybe we're.
6: Oh, Larry, look, my hat. I lost it last night. Remember? Oh,
5: sure. Yeah, look, there it is. Why, we we probably can't. Larry! Is that the house you're talking about? Why, it's. It couldn't be. Let's go up.
6: That house is old, officer. The weeds are growing right up to the door.
5: Yeah. Freshly painted, huh? This stump ain't had a paintbrush on it for a hundred years. Oh, just look at the inside. It's falling apart. Well, we must have made a mistake. Why, I... look at
6: it closely. It could be the same house if it were new.
5: You know, I got a half a mind to yank you Look, well, I tell you, officer, we weren't trying to kid you. I swear we weren't. Did you have any drinks last night?
6: Just one or two.
5: No, one or two, huh? It must be plastered, that's what. This shack's been standing here ever since the Revolution, and nobody's lived in it for 90 years. But I... I just can't believe that. Here you are, wise guy. You answer this sticker in the county court tomorrow. I ain't sure what the charge is going to be yet, but I'll figure out one by the time you show up. School balls. What does it mean, Kate? I don't know. Couldn't we have dreamed it? Oh, you know we didn't. Maybe we didn't find the right house. Maybe it's off in the woods over there. Mary, no. Huh?
6: Let's not look for
5: it any longer. Oh, you're right. Better leave well enough alone. Well, we... we may as well start back to town. I'll get a tow truck to pick up the car. Oh, which reminds me, huh? I've got enough cash on me. Let's see, 20, 40, 50. Okay. What is it, Larry? You remember the guy who was shot in the duel?
2: Yeah.
5: You said he looked familiar. Oh, take a look at the face on his $10 bill.
6: It's the same man, Larry.
5: Alexander Hamilton.
6: The glove, the one the other man hit you with. There it is on the floor. Say, hey, that's right. It's a gauntlet, and look how old it is. It was and Larry, the initials on the wrist. A B. A B. If the other man was Alexander Hamilton,
5: those initials must stand for Aaron Burr. The man who actually did kill Hamilton way back in 1804.
4: Well, there you are. I give you the story with no apologies and no explanations. The explanations will occur in your minds of their own accord depending on what side of that fence you're on. A realist might say, for instance, that the Cowlings were rather flighty people, given to rather potent liquids and periodic hallucinations. But then the Romantics might retort, where is the proof that it didn't happen? As for me, I take no sides. I've been around long enough to know that sooner or later the facts will out. It's only a matter of time. The clock will be heard again next week, same time. This program was written by Lawrence Clee, and Hart McGuire with The Clock. Also heard were
5: Leon Pierce as Larry, Wynn Nelson as Kay, together with Fifi Banvard, Tom Farley, Owen Weingott, and Ken Warren. The Clock, directed by John Saul, is a Grace Gibson Radio production.
0: Well, that's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com terror 1970, or you can find me on Instagram at Radio Show Nerd or on the Twitter at Radio Show Nerd one. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion, a request, a even a critique respectfully, please feel free to email me at Radio Show Nerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel. Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Share the videos. Highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off.